Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart and Midlothian Football Club, a side who have kept three consecutive clean sheets. I'm one of your co-hosts, Adam Kennedy, who's watched the Jambos tighten up defensively as of late, as has my co-host, unlike some, Daniel McIver. How are we getting on, Daniel? I'm doing very, very well. This is the second podcast in as many weeks where I've had three hours sleep before it, so I'm absolutely raring to go. Oh, what a buzz. Full full of energy, full of life to discuss a game that obviously went uh, in a similar fate, but um, despite Hearts' dire display and obviously the valuable three points which they claimed, uh, which was broadcast on Friday night, we've got a couple bits and bobs to discuss. We'll obviously chat about the air match. Uh, a couple upcoming matches and a question that I threw out on Twitter specifically. But with such a boring game to talk about, uh, we want to throw out the reminder that you're free to talk to either of us or any of your other favourite Hearts podcasters, courtesy of the Talk of the Tune initiative, where Big Hearts is joining, obviously, Perth to Paisley, This Is My Story, uh, We Have No Cares and Scarves Around the Funnel. Um, talk of the Tune aims to offer supporters a chance at some respite from the struggles of the pandemic and an opportunity to have an informal chat with other Hearts fans like they used to at the football games or at the pub uh, pre-COVID-19. There's obviously a session on the day of release, um, Tuesday the 9th of February, so on tonight as you're listening um, at 7pm are Hearts TV and Scars Around the Funnels, Laurie Dunsire and Liam Corbett of This Is My Story. Um, there's also a session on Thursday the 11th. Have you got any idea who's hosting that, Daniel? I'm not totally sure yet, but that's part of the fun. You don't know, so just join and see who ends up because we've had some, not only some podcast faces, we've had some famous hearts faces as well, Adam. We have indeed. Um, So these 90-minute Zoom calls are free to attend and open to all supporters, so make sure you head to bighearts.co.uk for all the necessary details or keep an eye on the appropriate twitter feeds obviously ourselves big hearts all the podcasts i mentioned and get yourselves involved to discuss anything you want be it hearts related or not but yes the most recent one um was myself and tam from this is my story uh, and we had andy webster on who was absolutely top man i mean i could have listened to to webby all night and some brilliant stories a really nice guy um so yeah get yourselves involved i mean we can't promise andy webster every week but it'll be a good hearts chat every week so Get yourselves involved. But we can guarantee Adam Kennedy every week, and to be honest, who would you rather listen to? A cup winner or Adam? I know my answer. It's Adam every day of the week. Too kind, too kind. Um, so, the main talking point is the Jambos trip to Somerset Park on Friday night, where we'll probably get Daniel's perspective, more so. Um, obviously, take on Air United by the seaside. Hearts made two changes from the team that started the match against Dunfermline. Uh, club captain Stephen Naismith and Ewan Henderson made way for the Pars match winner Jamie Walker and Armand Nandwile, or Armand Nandouillet, as you hate me pronouncing it, but I'm going get, to get the higher French in there. Um, journalists mentioned Air United's physicality in Robbie's pre-match presser, um, also citing the potential inclusion of your man Big Nando. How surprised were you to see the Frenchman start in what looked as though it were a 4-4-2 initially, Mr McIver? Um, surprised maybe isn't the right word. I was happy because it meant that he's closer to full fitness than I maybe expected him to be. Robbie spoke about the fact that he's not played prior to the air, prior to joining us, sorry, and his cameo against Wraith. He hadn't played for like five weeks. 
uh, and he hadn't trained for three weeks either. So I was expecting a start to be a wee bit further down the road, maybe towards the end of this month. But I was I was really, really happy to see him start because it means that the earlier that we can get this partnership going with Boyce, as you said, in what looked like a 4-4-2, at least to start the game, it's just going to get better even quicker because they'll, they have kind of far more opportunities to get used to each other, far more opportunities to learn how each other play and far more opportunities to work out the best system, not just within the team as an 11, but how they themselves are going to operate as a duo as well. Yeah, that that was the main talking point, definitely, to sort of see that partnership come to life or attempt to come to life. I think you're spot on in what you're saying, that the sooner that we can get some chemistry between the two, obviously the greater that it will benefit Hearts. But we had our first talking point of the match just five minutes in. Um, I've got to confess here, I was picking up my munchie box from the Chinese at this point. So I initially missed uh, this potential Hearts penalty claim. We'll mention the one that we, the visitors, did receive later on, but was this a spot kick in your opinion, Daniel? Well, I think Stephen McLean was getting a fucking munchie box as well because that can be the only excuse as to how he didn't give that as a penalty kick. Um, I was listening to the Hearts TV coverage with Laurie and uh, Robert Borthwick, and initially, upon watching it in real time, they went, that looks like a penalty might not be they'll give Steve McLean benefit of the doubt and then you see one replay and it's like oh it's an absolute stonewaller Boyce puts it past him and the guy just completely takes his feet out from underneath him and as you said we'll get further on to decisions that Steve McLean made but I personally think Steve McLean is the worst referee in Scotland which is an achievement in I was going to say that's, that's some feat given the, the calibre of officials in this country Exactly, there are no good referees, there are just least bad. But I honestly think Stephen McLean might be at the top there. I can never remember seeing him either for when he officiated one of our games or a game that I've just watched between two other teams. I've never seen him have a good game, ever. He always gets a major decision wrong, but on Friday night he got about three major decisions wrong. But what about you? Do you disagree? Do you think it? He was. you can understand why he didn't give it or are you just like, it was a stonewaller? No, I thought it was a stonewaller, I've got to be honest. I think that is that is a very big claim, given the rank calibre of officials and referees that are that exist in to Scotland. To be honest, come, come Friday night, whoever's our ref for Queen of the South, I'll <laughs> they, probably say him. They could take the mantle on. Yeah, but just now it's Stephen McLean. Uh, maybe that's... I mean, that, that might be... You know, in the summer, when we'll have hee-haw to talk about, that could potentially be mm. like... Uh, I don't know, a, a major talking point. Or maybe that's one to, to put out on Twitter, but I, t- I, I, would, I wouldn't disagree um, and thought that we certainly, upon reflection, should have had a penalty early on. But I just felt as though in that first half, again, I, I'm repeating myself with regards to last week and that we were unable to sort of create anything all that clear cut. Um, I thought Ayr could have punished us with a slack bit of passing between uh, Craig Gordon, who was captain on the night, and Michael Smith. However, the best chance for me in that first half, I'm not sure whether you, you'll agree, Daniel, was an Andy Irving free kick, which I initially thought he'd overhit, but of course, him being the Portobello Pirlo obviously didn't. Um, and he sends it long towards Mihai Popescu and Jamie Walker, sort of drifting in at the back stick, and 
but for a bit of miscommunication rather we could have and probably should have taken the lead would you go along with that I was about to say I cannot remember this which handy open free kick it was and then you went miscommunication between Pabisky and Walker I was like oh yes because I got very angry at it because Pabisky did this against Unfermline away where twice Liam Boyce had two complete sitters basically on his head and Pabisky just both times just jumped in front of it it was the exact same situation on Friday night. Walker would, if Walker had made contact with that ball, it's going in. If anybody from the angle that Walker is at makes contact with it, it's going in. But Popescu just kind of, I think this is the thing with Popescu. I think he's really eager to impress. I get that. I feel as though it's a sort of try and launch himself at the ball because any touch and it's in and then he looks as though he's the hero in this instance. You're right. Yeah, he's got to do everything he can, whether that be attacking-wise like that or like when he's at the back and he's got a bit of time, he's like, I can now go on a 40-yard run and set up. It's fine. It's fine. I can do that. And it's like, Mihai, what you were really good at in the previous two games to this was just kind of keeping it simple and just making the simple pass and occasionally doing a nice wee mazy run or something like that. But it's like, just see when you're in the six-yard box, go and let the attackers deal with it. You're right in that if it falls to Walker, I I actually think because of how he's ghosted in, he can afford to take a tiny wee touch. He's -hmm. he's got that much time. Um, But shock it's down to us offensively to mess that up. I just, I don't know. You, You might hate me for this. Did we perform worse on Friday night or against Dunfermline? Right, right, right. This is... We've became, apparently... Just before we started recording this, ladies and gentlemen, a little peek behind the curtain, a both friend and enemy of the podcast, and I'm definitely going to get a message after this, <laughs> uh, Hearts, though, sent out a tweet summarising all Hearts podcasts, and we... It is implied that we were in the argument for an hour style of podcast and I was like that's a wee bit harsh considering this is now episode 31 and it was only last episode we had an, we had an argument then, the first proper one was, anyway I should say we've, yeah, had, a, we've, had, a couple, we've had a couple minor disagreements but the, the main you know bulk of the pod was taken up by a disagreement but carry on yeah but then I remembered the message you sent to me after that air result uh, Friday where you were like I'm as annoyed as as I was against Unfermit, and I was like, you know what, we are the argument podcast. Because I don't think you can look at Friday night as anything more as we got the result purely because of the weather. Because in my, I know this is a more general point of the game, but in the first half, Air were the better team because they had the wind going for them. In the second half, we were the better team because we had the wind going for us. It literally was a game defined by the elements. So I honestly don't think you can overanalyze, both positively and negatively. I'm not just saying, don't be negative and just speak about the positive. I I also agree that you can't really take too many positives from it, but just the weather was the reason that both teams played badly. It wasn't... See if that was a, like, May game and it was quite sunny and we played like that, then I totally agree with you. I would say that is quite worrying, to be honest, like, however you know than that. But when we were basically, for the first 45 minutes, Craig Gordon was kicking it into a wind tunnel that was just chucking it back at him. 
I don't really think you can be too critical of the first half, to be perfectly honest. Can I just say, I don't recall you messaging that about the air game, so this is maybe alcohol talking, but <laughs> I I actually fully agree, because I... I, I oh, Adam, no, you need to no, argue. Because no, our <laughs> only our image now is that we argue. You can't now no. just go back to being like, I agree with you, Daniel, I agree. No, genuinely, because I'm probably more annoyed at the Dunfermline game given the conditions were perfect. It was a side we'd already beaten and it's the chance to sort of reassert our dominance, particularly at home. And Which we did. We, yeah, thanks. We did. We won one no, no. and kept the clean sheet. Oh yeah, great. But uh, that I, is great. That but, is great. <laughs> but I appeared on the uh, the Talk Scotch Football podcast. Going to give myself a little plug here, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm basically doing a little championship show on there with with Dave, who's a Dunfermline fan, and I backed an Air United nil Hearts one prediction because I said that I reckoned that it would be absolutely disgusting at Somerset. It'd be minging. The weather would be Shan, and ultimately that's what we've come out with. So I'm actually content with the weekend for the first time in God Fucking knows how long. Ages. Yeah, yeah. Which, how great is that? I, I genuinely don't know what to say. It's a weird situation <laughs> to be where you're actually like you're the only Hearts fan who I know that has been able to complain about the wins we've had. It's that, genuinely quite impressive. That speaks volumes. Remember at the start of this podcast where I was viewed as the negative pessimistic one? What a long time ago that was. How <laughs> the tides have turned. Exactly. But anyway, all, but all that sort of, I don't know, concern, for want of a better word, was eradicated early on in the second period. Given that, you know, the first half, there wasn't a great deal in it. Um, but obviously the Jambos were given a penalty kick after Andy Halliday Swings a ball into the box, looking for Liam Boyce to glance towards goal. And the ball instead ricochets off air skipper Jack Beard's knee onto his hand. In this current day and age, it is a penalty, but I'm sort of old school. And in my book, if there's no intent, how can you really punish a defending player? So it's unfortunate in my eyes, but what did you think of it, mate? I am with our manager. It is an absolute stonewall penalty. <sighs> No, I don't think it's a stone wall, but I I actually really... I didn't think of this until Robbie mentioned it, and I went, that is actually quite a good point. Robbie's argument was, when he was asked about it, it was like, see if that happened when it was ricocheting about in the box, and then it's a penalty for that. He, he would be like, I think that is quite harsh, because in those situations, you can't move your arm out of the way. But he's argument, Robbie made the point where he was like, how would he spin the ball in from like 35 yards? And... Then it, I know it hits off his knee, but you should have time as a defender to set yourself. There is no excuse that it hits off his knee. You should be able to set yourself far better than that in the time that it takes to get to him. So it is harsh, but I do think it is. If that wasn't given as a penalty, I would have been furious. And it's, I'll tell, I'm not going to kid on. It's harsh for me, but I'm not. I mean, we'll certainly take it. You know, it's one of them where you're screaming for it. So, well, this is gets given. It gets given. There's, there's nothing that we can do. I'll, I'll ask you this now. Do you agree with Mark Kerr 
and some of the implication from other fans, particularly Air fans, that because of the way Robin Nielsen was acting and the fact that Stephen McLean probably to himself went, I should have given a penalty in the first half. Do you think he was looking for any excuse to give a penalty or do you feel no, that is just him looking at that going, that's a penalty? I think he's sort of eradicating that earlier thought and is just adamant that it's a, it's a penalty kick. You know, it's funny, I, I had this conversation with my dad. <laughs> I don't want to claim that it's some sort of conspiracy, but when when the old firm get decisions that they've pleaded for, it's no real surprise. And I just feel as though... if. If we feel as though it's a penalty, we've got every right to scream for it. And if it gets given, yeah, just... it's not it's not down to us. You know, it's... I, I, I get what you're saying. I feel as though Mark Kerr was also sort of... I don't know. He just seemed very bitter in his post-match. And I felt yeah, as though... Yeah, absolutely. I felt as though he was implying as though because Hearts are a supposed bigger club than Ayr, the officials are more lenient to sort of give it towards us. And I don't know... Yes. I don't know whether that's... The case, I, I always get that impression with the old firm, and I don't know whether that's just because the way I was brought up or their sort of monopoly and dominance. It just, I don't know. No, like I, I said on Twitter, I love Mark Kerr because he's a legend within the football manager community. Absolutely. Um, and I just, I will always love him. However, he was objectively being an idiot on Friday night where he was like, he was simultaneously trying to be like, I have stuff to say here, but was too cowardly to actually just come out and say it about Nielsen. What he was saying was he was unhappy with the way Nielsen, Jig and Gordon were acting on the touchline because Robbie got another book in. He's, now probably our mo- he's probably our most booked person at this point. Um, but that you, you made the point there. If you feel that you've been not cheated out of a situation, but you've not been given a penalty, a free kick, a goal, a throw-in, anything, you are well within your rights to appeal it. Mark Kerr was appealing for stuff all night, as he should. He's a football manager, as fans do, as players do, as everybody does. I didn't understand the argument where he was like, to me, that isn't football. And it's like, no, it's just Robbie Nielsen going, I should have had a penalty there. So he's justly angry. Yeah. I'd, do you know, I also feel as though it's... I mean, Mark Kerr's a young manager. I think the, the air mm-hmm. job's his first gig, isn't it? So do you think it's just a case of experience there? or It might be. I'd, do you know, I I just get that impression that when I look at the likes of Dick Campbell, he's probably had numerous telling-offs with the way that he's treated officials and whatever. So... It, I don't know. Why that time he went on at the pitch? Oh, amazing, amazing! And I just, I just get that impression that he's perhaps, he's perhaps consulted uh, Mark Kerr and just been, I don't know. It's as though you see other managers and you just think, well, I can't act like that. I've got to sort of rein it in. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just, he seemed very bitter. But like you say, I feel as though. If, if he was that adamant, why didn't he make more of a meal of it during the game? Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Um, regardless, Boyce's penalty was class. It was. And this this is what I was going to say to you, because he's obviously converted in emphatic fashion. That's his tally. Um, nine league goals from 13 championship matches. Off the basis of centre-forwards that you've seen this season, 
um, you know, with their opponents in the division or whatever. Is there anyone capable of catching him? Or do you think that it's adamant that he's going to win the Golden Boot? It's it's a weird one because by the way it looks, he's going he's going to run away with it. And if you if you put it down to just technical ability, you'd go, yeah, Boyce is going to run away with it. But the issue that we have in this league, which is what we've seen, is that teams don't attack us very rarely. Obviously, some do, but very rarely do they attack us. Nine times out of ten, they set up with either two banks of four or a bank of four and a five and just sit in and defend. So it can make it quite difficult for strikers. Whereas, for example, Osman So for Dundee is the second is the joint second top goal scorer with seven. Dundee won't have as many teams do that to them, so there'll be more space for So to get chances. So weirdly, Boyce might not get it, but not because of him not scoring. It's just because other teams allow strikers more space in other games. If you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it, it, it's funny, you must have been looking at my notes because obviously I I, I was going to say that So and uh, Dunfermline's Declan McManus are tied on That's seven apiece. That's who it was, I, could, I couldn't remember who he was yeah. tied with, I knew he was tied with And So has the best goals per 90 minutes, he's got seven from 11. Um, mm-hmm. but How I many think... assists does he have? Because Boyce also has three assists. I'll have a look actually. Um, Boyce, has got th- Boyce has played 13 games and contributed 12 goals. Sorry if you can hear typing. No, um, I don't know. It's, it's a good point. Let's have a look. Because there there is that argument that for so long this season, Boyce has been playing as a lone striker. So in this, And I'm always of the opinion an assist is as important as a goal. So the fact that he's got a few assists as well shows how his all-round play has just been fantastic. Well, you'll be pleased to know that Liam Boyce has three assists. So he's got nine goals and three assists mm-hmm. in 13 matches. Osman So has the seven goals like we touched on in 11 games, but with just the one assist. Right. So So's contributed to eight in 11, and Boyce has contributed to 12 in 13. Correct. Cool. No, no real contest, is it? No. But how many times have you seen kind of when there's a team that's so dominant and goals come in from all angles, it, it's no real surprise to see another player from a, a different side get the top goal scorer well, in that, that hap- division. That happened, that happened the last time we were down here. Jason Cummins got top goal scorer in 2014-15. Is that right? But then but then the next three were, were all our players. Or whatever. Yeah. Interestingly, I've just had a look there. Charlie Adam, five goals and six assists, eleven goal contributions in thirteen games. Not bad for some, but yeah, um, I I I I just feel as though it is. It might well be Liam Boyce's, but like you say, absolutely deserves it. That's interesting because the 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 whole soul thing. I don't know. It just maybe it, it would it would be quite funny if so managed to. Um, to get top goal scorer in the division and all the heart stars are moaning that we didn't sign him but despite us I'd be quite ju- I'll be honest right I wouldn't mind it if So got top goal scorer if we go up and win the league and then So also yeah. get so it's like exactly. in both times we were here So was class I really like that <laughs> but um, I, I obviously want to touch back on the weekend because ugh, Robbie admitted that it wasn't a classic and it no. was all about the three points. Um, we obviously 
have a look at the other fixtures and see that Arbroath got the better of Dunfermline at Gayfield. That was unbelievable. Wraith did beat Morton at Capelo, but we seem to be sort of chatting about it every week. Is that the league done, as far as you're concerned? Well, last week I said no, and I was thinking when I said no last week, I was thinking no, we need a few more games. But that's because I was expecting Dunfermline to beat Arbroath. Yeah, so and and for Wraith to kind of fall away so it's more it's kind of six and a half a dozen but I don't know what it is but just this weekend I now did feel like that is it I know that Wraith have do they still have two games no they've got one game in hand I think they've got one game in hand yeah Dundee have got two yes and Cali Thistle have got about three or four I think they've got four they've played 11 we've played 15 yeah how I mean Covid and call-offs have just absolutely done them it's so weird, like, they, if they win all their games, they'll go second. <laughs> like, but they just seem so irrelevant just now, which isn't their fault. But, like, no. I keep forgetting they're in the division. <laughs> no, and, and I've just I've just clicked back on the table there. They've also drawn four of the last five, so it's a stuttering start wow. for, uh, for Robo's ICT, who we'll get on to later on, but... Um... I don't know if that is the week, because... I mean... Arguably, once we got three points clear, there were some people saying, right, that's it. We're not going to lose it for here. When we got six points clear, we got nine points clear. I will say, though, 12 points clear. I know Wraith have a game in hand, but isn't that a game in hand against Inverness? Uh, surely it will be, because surely but Inverness probably. Wraith has been called <laughs> up. Probably. Surely that's a thing. Um, so hopefully, Robo can help us there, but... I th- my opinion, I'm still going to say this if we get out of this month because we've still got another like three games this month um, if we get out of this month uh, even if it's only nine points clear that's when I think the week's done we only need nine more wins to win it regardless of what anybody else does if we win the next nine games we've won it which is easy doable despite obviously the, the daunting away days and what have you However, that is almost the end of the season. Nine, <laughs> yeah, if, I was, was going to say that nine, takes us to twenty-four, and yeah, yeah, twenty-four <laughs> games at the twenty-seven game season. Yeah, no, I I would wholeheartedly agree with what you said um, with regards to last week. I was under the impression that it wasn't quite finalised just yet. Um, I too was also expecting Dunfermline to to walk away with three points. So much so that they let me down for £130 at the weekend, but never mind. Um, <laughs> but Robbie also mentioned uh, Nandwile and Boyce um, sort of simultaneously starting, was down to trying to go that bit more direct due to the conditions and whatever. I, I don't think that that game plan really materialised. What do you reckon that's down to? Is it just a fitness thing? Because I felt, and I don't know... I don't know whether this is fair or not, that there was various points in the match where Nandwile didn't appear all that interested. I don't know. I, can't, I think that's harsh. I can't put my finger on it. I, maybe not. Like I say, this might have just been the start of Pram and talking or whatever. But I think that's harsh just purely because it was his first start and you could argue you could argue that you couldn't ask for worse conditions and no, he was true. having to do it in a system that was different to the previous two games he's played in. And he could have had two goals if Boyce had played him incorrectly twice. Well, this is the thing, because is it a different system? Because initially it seemed as though it started 4-4-2. And then, sort of, 
I don't know whether it was because he was taken off that it then sort of developed yeah, into a four-two-three. I, I think when he came off, it, changed. it then or, changed, or like five minutes before. I think for the majority yeah. of the time he was in the park, it was him and Boyce together. But listen. I'm not expecting him and Boyce to play one game together or play an hour together and they both get two goals. Instantly like, click, it's go- yeah. Yeah, I, it's going to take time to get a partnership going even if both players are used to the league and both players are at full fitness. One player is used to the league and at full fitness. The other player isn't used to the league, isn't even really used to his teammates and isn't at full fitness yet. No, of, of course. I, I I just thought it was a, a fitness thing, first and foremost. But yeah. maybe that perhaps makes I like start... his hold-up play, again. I thought he was really good at holding it up. And and how many how many pods have we talked about this? I, I can specifically say, and I remember me saying, that Boyce just needs a partner. I, I said it on Twitter and whatever. I, just, mm-hmm. I hope we can get that sort of nailed down. But the gaffer was also delighted with January arrivals. Let's try oh. this. Aaron McInef, is that right? Yeah, McNeff. well done. And Jervain Castanier making their debuts. Yes. Um, he cited Aaron's energy and quality, um, which it appears oh, as though he has. Oh, he looks class. He the looks big, class. Along with the big man's power and pace, would you be inclined to start either at Palmerston on Friday night? Oh, get, oh my God. McInef should never be dropped again. Oh, here we go. He just—he just looked amazing. Oh. Genuinely, I can't believe how good he looked, considering he's not played in like a month. He's had one training session with him. It didn't look like he had missed any time at all. Like he was straight in, as Robbie said. Like his energy levels were unbelievable. The the second coming of Zidane. I I, I can recall his his Hearts TV interview where he said that he hadn't been training or sort of playing all that regular. Um, but he'd been keeping himself in, in good shape, so it's obvious that he's been putting the, the graft in. Um, also, Castanier does not have the body of a winger. <laughs> no, he is enormous. He's big. He looks like a striker. He looks just like a big target man. <laughs> I liked him, though. I really liked him. He, he's like he looked Uchi direct. with some pace, isn't he? Uchi with pace just, and a first touch. I, I don't want to single him out because I, I do feel quite bad and in the conditions that they were in, it's not his game at all. But I felt he had a far better game than Gary McKay-Steven and he only featured for 20 minutes. Robbie also said that. And he said that it was down to sort of... You can't G- have close contact ball control in those yeah, conditions. He, he said that GMS is very technical and obviously suffered um, due to the result of the conditions like you touched on. But I also wanted to mention post-match comments this is a decent segue, made by Robbie um, on Hearts TV and obviously your man Jamie Walker. But Robbie said that Friday night games are always important. You get put on the TV because it's always away venues, it's always difficult venues, venues that the BBC are expecting you to get beat at to have a tough game. Is he right with that? Because to me, I'd go along with what Jamie Walker said on the BBC, saying that because Hearts are the biggest club in the division, that's why we're then deemed more broadcastable I think it's a combination of both I think it's exactly what Walker said where it's like let's be honest the championship haven't been on this many BBC games in years and it's no coincidence that we've been on every single one of them like they know the BBC know that we are going to tune in and the viewing figures and what have you yeah absolutely however I also agree that and and sorry, I then think Robbie's point just flows into that, that part of the reason the BBC do it is not only because it's a win-win for them almost 
that they get the Hearts viewership, but then also they have the chance to see the big team in the in the league slip up. Which, in fairness, they've seen twice uh, against Dunfermline and Dundee, but they also haven't seen it twice against our both and now against Ayr. Um I, I just thought both the comments worked very well in tandem, and I, and it helped cultivate this attitude that we seem to have not even just from the fan base but from within the squad and the management team that we're too good for this league and I love that I love that that they are actually thinking like that and they're just like this is an inconvenience for us to be in this league we need to get out of it as soon as possible yeah it seems like that's sort of been the the message from the get go hasn't it with regards to the season mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know I'm leaning more towards Jamie Walker, to be honest, rather than what Robbie said. I really liked Jamie Walker's interview. I really liked it. Which is music to my ears. I'm surprised because he seems to, week by week, be changing your um, perception, no? Well, he had another really good game. I, I felt it was a bit much to give him man of the match, just purely because I think Boyce was man of the match. Like I thought Boyce was class. Which, again, I see fans slating Liam Boyce on Twitter. I mean, what what have you got to say it's to just, them? Right, listen. <laughs> I know that I've made it very clear that simultaneously where I've been quite anti-Walker this season, I've been very pro-Boyce from the start, even when he wasn't getting as many goals that was necessary for some fans. And I think a lot of fans... I saw a tweet um, on Friday night, actually, that it was like, how are some Hearts fans still chastising Liam Boyce or getting on at him or saying he doesn't do much like I said on Twitter today because Hearts put that wee video up showing all his nine goals as I said he's um, he's only three goals away from breaking So's goal tally the last time we were here for us So got 12 and 22 for us as we've mentioned Boyce has got 9 and 13 so it looks pretty likely if he continues on this current track he's going to end up on 23 goals in 27 games Um. I just, legitimately I don't know what more fans can want from Boyce because he's, he's as we said if you include assists he's almost got a one to one goal contribution each game he's one of the hardest working players in the side even from the get go on Friday night when as I said in the first half we didn't look too great because Ayr had the wind going for them but Boyce was just constantly pushing constantly trying constantly getting in their faces as it, he is one of the hardest workers. His link-up play is fantastic. He brings players in. He drags defenders in. He allows space for others. He he just doesn't seem lazy at all. He doesn't seem like he can't be arsed. Like some individuals have have been accused of throughout the year. I, I just honestly think he's one of the best signings we've made recently. And he's the best striker we've had in years. Wholeheartedly agree. The, the only concern that I'd had which you briefly mentioned there, was the perceived lack of goals earlier on. And my mm-hmm. frustration came with sort of, I don't want to say big chances that he missed, but sort of one-on-ones. I just, I, I just, he definitely I, missed chances that you would expect Liam Boyce to score. Of course. And I just had the fear that given some of the dross that I've seen up front for us over the years... Or the people that we've taken who are class and turned into draws. Yeah, I I, I just had that impression that he was just going to be another name that you could add to that list. But it seems to me that that's not going to be the case, which is just fantastic news. And 
he's definitely one of the first names on the team sheet now for me as well. For me, he's our player of the year. So far? Personally. Yeah, above Kingsley. I'd put Kingsley second, and then Boyce above him. I was going to say, because you mentioned Kingsley a week or two ago. Yeah, I, I just honestly think, though, but in that time, Boyce has scored three. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I just can't, I can't criticise him for any aspect of his game. He's been the one person, in my opinion, who has been consistently positive the entire time because even Kingsley and Smith have had bad games when they've been a part of defences that have let in. Even in the like Wraith game where it was embarrassing, Boyce still got both the goals. Even in the Dunfermline loss, Boyce still looked busy and was linking it up. Even in the Dundee loss, Boyce was still linking up and looking busy. Like, I honestly don't think, in my opinion, at least some may disagree and think I'm being too positive, but I don't think he's had a bad performance. I think you're bang on the money, mate. He's been he's been a, a large positive throughout this campaign. But speaking of large positives, there was a video floating around the old Twitter sphere this evening as we record, um, where Aaron Fraser um, interviewed Hearts legend mm-hmm. and Inverness Caledonian Thistle manager John Robertson, talking about the upcoming clash between the two aforementioned clubs. Um, just want to say, by the way, Aaron's asked me on his stream on Friday night. Um, for oh, Hearts hey. Queen of the South um, so tune in for that and obviously make sure that you check out his YouTube video for the full interview with Robbo but anyway how uh, are you? hold on hold on whoa 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 whoa, whoa. I just want to quickly say this uh-huh. you've always got the safety net that this is edited how? how are you going to cope with two hours of unedited streaming mate it's absolutely no problem for a guy like me you know Obviously, fair <laughs> right. to Paisley, I do spout some nonsense. I've been on Talk Scottish Football a, a fair whack recently, talking about the championship, you know, flying through that. As Dave said, it was a January acquisition that I've got off to a solid start. It's looking like a shrewd bit of business. I did see that. Um, I did see that. Thanks very much. I appreciate the support. Um, you're, going to get, you're going to get comments and you're going to bite to them and you're going to embarrass us as a podcast. I, I have got the fear that some of my mates will have absolutely nothing to do on Friday evening. So just even even like non-heart supporting ones, and they'll just log on to YouTube and see me there. Um, well, but, all I ask is that you make Perthi Paisley look good and plug us every available opportunity. Oh, of course. Just of use course. it as a marketing tool and nothing else. Listen, I, I've taken you on. We've built this brand. We've got to, we've got I'm to taking get... you on like I was just walking about begging for somebody to take me on. And you at the kindness of your heart was like, yes, Daniel, come in from the cold. You can now be on a podcast. <laughs> We've got to keep the momentum going. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was trying to say before you so rudely interrupted. Uh, Robo said at 4pm on Monday that Hearts fans had bought somewhere in the region of, I think it's between 6,200 and 6,300 virtual tickets, um, mm-hmm. despite the game being broadcast, obviously, on the BBC Scotland channel. I've got mine. I believe you've got yours. Yep. How imperative is it that we help Callie Thistle out in their in their time of need? It's just class. Um, obviously, there. I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of Hearts fans are doing it because of Robbo. Like that's always <laughs> going to be there, and the added incentivization of you get a signed Robbo thing. <laughs> and I think a lot of Hearts fans are just like, oh yeah, kill it, yeah, Inverness, well done, yeah, woo, yeah. I just want the Robbo thing, but. <laughs> There is the element and the very big element of what 
Inverness did for us in 2013 where they matched ticket sales and like contributed in a way to the at the time Save Our Hearts Foundation and it, I, I remember it at the time um, I think it was Gary Mackay at the time released a statement saying that Hearts fans will remember this and at some point in the future we'll pay it back and it is now eight years in the future and we're paying it back I think the way the way the Inverness statement from Scott Gardner read was that they expected maybe one or two thousand I think I don't think they expected anywhere near this amount we're coming close now to becoming Inverness's record attendance which would be a lovely lovely thing um, but as we mentioned earlier it has felt like Inverness hasn't really been in the league this year just purely because of obviously normally in January Scottish football doesn't play due to the weather due to Covid that hasn't been able to happen because we need to play the games so somewhere like Inverness has always got to be more susceptible to the conditions than Edinburgh or Glasgow or Motherwell and stuff like that like it's always going to hit them harder and it's hit them really hard uh, obviously we've seen the last kind of week or so Dundee have also been hit pretty hard by it but none more so than Inverness and I just think it's a fantastic thing for a club that also obviously we can't get away from it it is one of the clubs that stood with us in the summer and I think a lot of Hearts fans have used this as a way to go Hi, other Scottish football clubs. Aloha. Look what can happen when you're nice to us. And I know some will say that's petty. And I know some will say that that's vindictive and you should, you're just being pathetic. But I don't care. I like John Robertson. I said this on Twitter. I've always had a soft spot for Inverness. I don't know why. I think it might be because my first ever SPL um, Panini sticker album had Inverness in the front. And they were one of the first teams I ever completed in it. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm I'm considering getting the the Scotland Euros. One. I've already got one. Oh, have you? So I'm I'm oh, right in there. Oh, sorry. Carry on. When I was wee, Panini stickers was my life. I remember the weirdest anecdote. I took a tour round Tynecastle, right? When I was probably about seven or eight. And uh, at the end, the we went into the like the office where you start, and I don't know why, but the guy I might be remembering this wrong. My dad will remember this and tweet you. I know he will. But the guy just turned to me and was like, "Do you collect Panini stickers?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Here you go then." And you know the boxes that the supermarkets get filled with packets. Oh, and he just a, a good he gave view. me a box. So an entire box. Full, an entire box. Bloody and he hell. just handed me it. But the problem was, clearly, they were for hearts. So, like, there was about 150 packets. <laughs> and out of the 150 packets, there was about nine stickers that won the hearts players. Jesus wept. I had about 38 Scott Severins, 39 <laughs> Phil Stamps, hundreds of Kevin McKenna's. It was, a, it was a lovely time. Your got got needs were just needs, needs, needs. It was just needs. It was needs everybody that isn't in Maroon. Like, that was it. But to, to somehow bring this back to Inverness, I just remember, I've just always liked Inverness. So it it has been just been really great over the last few days seeing how responsive Hearts fans and obviously Inverness fans and some other 
clubs have been, but particularly Hearts fans, as Scott Gardner said. It's just fantastic. And Robbo is going to have an arm like Arnie at the end of this. Because he was signing them during the interview with Aiden. I saw that as well. There, there was a point to me where I was like, if I was Aiden, I, I, I can't even say that it's like somewhat rude just because of what Robbo's no, doing. No, of course not. He'll be but... doing it in bed. He'll be doing it when he's having his tea. Like, he's just going to be doing it every day for the next month. It is a phenomenal distraction. I'm surprised they've not got him a stamp. But, um, but no, you're... You're bang on. I could I couldn't sum it up any better, mate. And I'm I'm sort of starting to develop a wee soft spot for Cali Thistle as well now. I think. But I've yeah. still never been there. I've never. Neither I've have been I. Outside it, I've been out physically outside it, and got my photo in front of it. But that's when I was on holiday up in that area. I've never been to a game at the Cali Thistle Stadium, and I want to. Neither have I. And it's one of those away days that's obviously been taken away from us. It, again, Friday night would have been another brilliant one down at Somerset. Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to Somerset either. But never mind. I've only been outside, and obviously I was meant to start um, at UWS in August, yeah. September time, but that's that's been put on the back burner for now. But anyway, there was also a, a question on Twitter that I decided to throw out, which was just, you know, I, I'm merely gathering opinions. There's nothing... No, don't. Hold on. <laughs> Do not try and step down from this after you got dog's abuse. For the very suggestion. No, I, I was just I was just asking to see responses. I, I love chucking out a, a, a question to the Hearts fans to see how they respond. Most of the time it is with abuse. I, I accept that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but but on, on, the, on the odd occasion that it's nice for the most part, you know, it, it, it's good. The way he said that was like you expect abuse every time. Sometimes, I mean, the, the amount of no's that I received was quite incredible. But I just chucked out the um, the question that are the likes of Ross Callahan, who obviously grabbed the equaliser for Hamilton Ackies against Rangers at the weekend, and Scott Robinson, arguably having the season of his, his career, scored the winner in the, the League Cup semi to put Livy through to that against St Johnston. Um, just one player of the month today. There you go. Are, are they players that got away? And I just merely chucked out the discussion on Twitter. Granted, there were a lot of no's. Um, were there any yeses? Well, there, there was a couple that sort of bent the question. <laughs> and you're furious at that. No. You wanted a yes or no and nothing else. No, my, my dad was one of them. And he said, I think Jason Holt was one that got away. Wait a now, hold on. That's no bending the question. That's completely ignoring the question and picking somebody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I saw- can do that. Zfuke, he and- got away a bit. Lafferty, Rudy. And then I saw Ryan Edwards as well as another shout. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ryan Edwards replied. <laughs> what a moment that would have been. <laughs> no, they were shite. I was better. I got no. I, I, let's just read all the no's. So we got no, no. What have they done in the game? No rubbish. No, they're pish. What have I just read? I, thought, I honestly nope, thought not for me. Just no, said, no, no, no. I honestly God, thought no, when you just no, said just no. Were... <laughs> when you said I'm just going to read all the no's, I thought you were just going to sit for ten seconds and go no, no, no. It's like, all right, we can get that. But I'm glad that you had some some variety. Ones. Yes. <laughs> Oh, some of, some of the replies were fantastic, but to me, I think Scott Robinson would be a useful squad player. I don't see Ross Callahan as being Hearts caliber. The Ryan Edwards shout was interesting because I feel as though under Stendhal, 
with that high press, he'd have been brilliant. But that obviously never materialised, and it's one of them. You tweeted, but what did, what was it you said in response? Well, first of all, your response, I don't think you can file any of what you just said under ones that got away. No. Purely because even Scott Robinson, you would not you would never say a squad player get, gets away from you. No, and ultimately he had to go, what, down to East Fife and kind of yeah. go around the houses to eventually get to where he's got to, so... No, I, th- I think that's right. Um, my uh, What I said was, Scott Robinson, I think some players could do with his work ethic. I think he always tried very hard. Um, but I'd, I, I, I agree that the most he'd be was a squad player. Ross Callahan, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> he was dreadful. Wow. He scored one goal at Hamilton that I remember. That's pretty conclusive. In that blue, navy blue kit. I was going to say, the highlight of Ross Callahan's Hearts career was the photo that emerged of him in the net after that. Yeah. I mean, maybe his highlight is winning the penalty for Milinkovic's second in the Celtic game. (laughs) You almost forget he played in that, eh? That team had Cole Stockton, Raphael Jelak, Ross Callahan, and Connor Randall in it. That is what beat the Invincible and a 16 year old that is what beat the Invincibles think of that unbelievable Scottish that fo- team's worse than the team we had last year <laughs> Scottish football is genuinely unrivaled it just makes no sense but no I I wouldn't say you deserved the abuse you got because some of it was a bit mental but and I was just chucking the question out there it's not as though I went oh I'm absolutely devastated that Scott Robinson and Ross Callahan are doing Adam, bits but, at their respective listen, clubs Let's be honest, if the last 24 hours has taught us anything, it's that some people on Twitter don't react well to you critically analysing things that they have said and or think. Shots fired. (laughs) I'm saying nothing else. I wonder who that could be about. (laughs) A former captain of ours that is the biggest embarrassment in this club's history? Maybe. Wow. Well... We're, we're going to skip past sort of Twitter debacles and we're going to, to preview the upcoming game uh, this weekend. Obviously, I mentioned Aaron Fraser's stream, but Hearts head down to Dumfries to take on Queen of the South at Palmerston. What are you anticipating from Queen's, mate? Because I mentioned... Big nil-nil! I, I mentioned on Talk Scottish Football that I believe that they are the worst team that we've seen at Tynecastle this season. I agree with that. But the recent, they've kind of had a... Since that game, they've been on a kind of upturn of form. They have. They have, which is somewhat of a concern, given that we're obviously travelling there um, next. They and it's on the fucking Astro as well. Obviously, lost um, lost at the weekend to Aloha, despite being 1-0 up. But prior to that, they'd won uh, three of their last four heading into that. And, yeah, I, I think the boy up front, uh, Connor Shields... He's been he's been um, sort of at the heart of speculation and transfer talk, and the fact that they've managed to hold on to him, I think will be pivotal and obviously getting them away from the part timers. But this should be pretty routine for Hart, should it not? It should be, but as I said, the Astro is a complete like nullifier of talent a lot of the time. Um, we've seen wherever we've went this season on a plastic pitch, we've struggled generally. Generally, there has been exceptions, but 
notably the Alloa games have been very frustrating. Um, it, it is one of those that you think we should have no problems, but that attitude potentially is what led us to losing against Wraith at home. So all I hope is, is that they're just all switched on. I'd like us to get a couple of goals before half-time so it kills it dead. But again, if it takes us to the 90th minute to get a winner, as long as we get that winner, I'm happy. Yep, yep, bang on. And it would be some scenes, let's just say, on said stream if it was a 90th minute winner and I'm just leaping out of my seat and going nuts. I hope we have the most... Genuinely, I'll sacrifice this. I hope we get our first board draw for the season, just so you have to sit publicly and watch it. <laughs> I'm buzzing to be on it, but I'm simultaneously dreading the fact that I'll have to watch Hearts for 90 minutes, probably sober. Um, <laughs> what if we get beat like 5-0? <laughs> and you have to sit and publicly react to it? Oh, and I know that. If we get beat, you're going to say something ridiculous, and I'm going to get tweets going, Daniel, you've let Adam free for like a day and he started speaking all this shite, you're going to have to rein him in, and I'm going to have to take responsibility first. Ah, oh, I feel I should have been consulted on this decision to go on the stream, by the way. <laughs> you're gonna, I'm going to have to message Aaron after. Or Aaron, if you're listening, McIver wants a word, but... Adam's carer is having <laughs> different opinions on if he's allowed on. Seeking parental permission. Um, I'm very sorry, by the way, if you can hear background noise with me because you're all listening to this inevitably in and around Scotland the blizzard that is going on outside (laughs) is unbelievable and is making my windows shake I actually can't hear a thing I don't know if that's well that's good that's fine I I, I don't know if that'll just just be me it doesn't look like it's being picked up on my audio but it's just in case it wasn't you were like what the fuck is that (laughs) It's, it's insane levels of snow but we're obviously hoping for a, a blizzard of action, let's just say, Aww. on Friday night. Are he's you... allowed on the stream. If part <laughs> like that's happening, he's allowed on the stream. Have you got a potential lineup in mind for the game on Friday I night? I do. I hope we go with Gordon and Goals, Smith, Popescu, Halkett, Kingsley, which we haven't really focused on it. F- three clean sheets in a row for the first time since 2018. We have focused on it. We've been very vocal on Twitter about it. Um, yeah, true. But no, that's that. Listen, take that all day. That's what we've. I think the air game at Tyne Castle. That's I've been crying out for it since then, and that was what Boxing Day. So glad mm. that we've tightened up defensively. But yeah, um, it's almost as if uh, removing Christoph Berra really helped. Uh, so <laughs> I would have. I don't know if you'd start the new go the new boys on the Astro. Because that's hard for your first start to be there. So probably, I'd honestly just probably go Irving Halliday, Walker, GMS. um, And the two up top. Yeah, Yeah. fuck it. Just start the same way that we started against there. I I, I fully agree. I I can't see, I mean, I know Robbie probably will tinker with it as as he tends to do, but I I hope he doesn't. I don't know if you, maybe he doesn't want to start Nandwili on that pitch again so he might move back to the 4-2-3-1 and have like Henderson on one side or something like that I don't know was Henderson injured is that why he dropped out or was he just just purely a oh, choice God, that he I was admitted oh I don't know actually yeah I don't know maybe I don't think so it I thought we would have heard something no was he on the bench Friday night why Why can't I why can't I 
think back to no, that. No, he, he can't have been because Cavanier was, Herring was, Nasey was, McInef was, Berra was, and Stewart was at six. Aye, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. I don't does, know, I don't know. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he will be brought in from the cold. Or is this a game for Whiten? Because... Oh, that's a shout. He he's obviously been starved of minutes lately. I don't know. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if Robbie will want to start him when he has his strikers fit. I think he, but especially now that Whiten has signed a pre-contract with the Pars, I think he's kind of just got to use Whiten when he needs to, not if he just wants to rotate. I don't know though. I'd like to see Whiten start. Robbie seems to have just totally written Whiten off, eh? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. It is weird. I don't. I don't. It's sort of come out the blue, hasn't it? Really? Because I totally, I, I totally accept and agree with Roberts and Freer being kind of pushed out. I've just remembered Eddie White was also on the bench, so we could play Eddie White on the left, GMS on the right, Walker in behind Boyce. Yeah, don't, I quite like the sound of that. Yeah. I hope Eddie White gets given a new contract. I'm saying it now. He's he's greatly underappreciated. I would, I'd go along with that. Yeah, even if it's just for like an extra year and prove yeah. that he can cut it top tier. He's a good player. Just actually, that's a fantastic comparison to Scott Robinson. He is kind of our version now. Like you can never say Eddie White doesn't try. He gives everything, and he can fit in basically up the entire left hand side. Yeah, and and that versatility certainly can't be underestimated for me. Especially in a division where we're going to have to rotate, especially this month where there's so many games. Yeah, no, well, this will obviously be one of them. Perhaps he will get brought in. Maybe. I'd like to see it. We're yet to see. But no, I'm just trying to think of anything else really to discuss. I think we've pretty much ticked everything off. I think we have done very, very well. So sorry that this is a wee bit shorter, but as you can hear... And as you'll know, being Hearts fans, there wasn't as much to talk about, only one game, and throughout the week, not much has really happened. However, thank you very, very much for listening. We have been Perth to Paisley. You can get us on all the socials at Perth to Paisley. We're also on YouTube. If you want to listen to the podcast, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Massively, massively helps. We have noticed that there has been an uptake in reviews. Thank you so much to everyone who has been doing that. It's greatly greatly appreciated Adam where can people get you on the socials people can get me on the socials at Adam T Kendall and yourself you can get me at McAvoy the Mark as I said already on Twitter you're at Petipesa if you want to see us bamming up Michael Stewart next week we've got Queen in the South to talk about we've got is it Morton we play after that uh, no is it not Inverness it's Inver no I thought we had another game Oh, is that right? Inverness is, Inverness is at the very end of the month. Oh, is it? I thought yeah. I thought that was a week uh, a week on Friday. No, because Inverness play five games before us. If we right. can play them. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Inverness is the twenty sixth. Morton is Saturday, um, Saturday the twentieth at Tiny. So that's yeah. who it is. Yeah. Right. So we'll preview the Morton game. We'll have more chats. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. What the JTs? 